Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of My Naked Mindset. I'm your host, Janae Ledger. This is episode number 110. Holy shit. 110, baby. I have a very exciting guest for you guys today. I'm very excited to chat with her. And actually, I love also, shout out, to Nell Tice who introduced us I'm super excited. I love, you know, when other podcast friends recommend someone to me and vice versa. So shout out to Nell for introducing me and this guest. I'm super excited. Um, Let me introduce you to her. So she is a speaker. She is also the author of The Mindful Dating Journal, Find a Healthy Love That Lasts. And she's also the host of Date in Peace podcast. Everyone, please welcome Lauren to the show. All right, everyone. I have Lauren here with me. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Janae. Happy to be here. I'm super excited to talk about this topic. I think it's going to be a blast. But I would first love to open up with what are you most excited about that's coming up in your life? I have a queer love and dating virtual summit that is going live in three weeks. And yeah, it's, it's like going to be really great for singles. So if you're queer, check it out. We'd love to have you there. Oh, I love that. That'll be super fun. Very Mm -hmm. cool. So tell me a little bit more about your background. I know you are an author. You are also a podcast host. How did you kind of want to get started with a podcast? I always love to hear how people started theirs and why. Sure. I I think I've always a part of me wanted a podcast, but I never felt ready or confident enough to take the leap to start speaking. I couldn't think that I had anything really important to say, I guess. But eventually I went through so many heartaches and, and bad relationships that I ended up saying, these are lessons that I've learned that everyone should know. So I wrote a book and I started being on other people's lives and other people's podcasts to the point where I was like, okay, it's time. (laughs) I'll make my own podcast. So that's what I did. It's called Date and Peace. And I've been doing it for almost a year and a half now. Nice. That's Mm -hmm. so fun. Yeah. It really is such a, because I I definitely went through the same thing of like imposter syndrome. Like, Janae, do you have enough to talk about? And what if you like can't come up with something to talk about? And then I'm like, there's literally endless amounts of stuff to talk about. And like every once in a while, I'll like think of something new to talk about. And I'm like, and then I bounce it off like my, my fiance and like my friends. And they're like, yeah, Janae, like fucking talk about that. Like people are going to be intrigued, but it's so funny when sometimes it's like, you have like almost like writer's block, but like for podcast stuff, cause it sometimes can be like, what do I want to talk about? Or like, what have you already talked about and you don't want to repeat yourself but like I always oh have yeah guests. so that can be like a really hard thing but I think it's it's probably been my personal favorite thing I've probably ever done in my life is create a podcast in the community it's just incredible and like getting to meet people like you and I actually already talked about it in the intro but we got introduced by our good friend Nell um and so it is just, it's such a fun community to be in. I And I absolutely love just like the people and like, it's so cool that we get to meet people from all around the world. Like it's, yeah. it's so fun. it really and is. And as, so. an, as an introvert, I also love it because I typically wouldn't be the kind of person like going out and like 
putting my shit in front of it, the whole world. But for some reason, when it's just me talking to you or me talking with me, myself and I, it's not so scary. Right. Right. And I think it's like, I don't know, it does. Cause I, I understand that it's like, you've got to get out of your comfort zone. And sometimes like when people come on my podcast and I'm not as familiar with the topic, I'm like, Oh my God, am I going to sound stupid? Like, am I going to sound like an idiot? Because I don't know, like a ton of information, but then I'm like, Janae, this is why you have the experts on to talk about said topic to get people and myself like learning, which I, I think is super, like just so much fun. And also yeah. great segue into kind of what we're going to be discussing today. Mindful dating. I know obviously your book and your podcast are kind of based around that, but I want to know a little bit more about, you know, how you created your book. Like, did it just like kind of come to you? I know you said like the dating world you were in and stuff like that. So I want to know a little bit more about like the process of a book of like your whole book experience. Yeah, sure. Basically, I got dumped by the last cis male that I will ever date probably. And it hit me really hard because it was about maybe a few weeks before the whole world shut down because of COVID. So like any other breakup, you know, you might get out, go with your friends, live your life, move on. But I was just there in the house all alone. You know, like we all, you've heard the story a thousand times. Sorry to your listeners. I got real introspective in during COVID. And in that time, as an anxious person, I had to face the emotions because I didn't want to for my whole life. If, if there was a breakup and there was a problem, it was the other person's fault. It wasn't me, you know, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I finally was able to say, okay, I can see here that there's a pattern. The way that this re- relationship ended was very similar to how most of my other relationships ended in terms of the emotions that were coming up, mostly a lot of anger. There was mm-hmm. shame, um, a feeling of like, maybe there's something wrong with me. Am I, am I not lovable? Like what the hell? So I luckily, thank God, before lockdown, I had been learning a little bit about mindfulness and self-love. So when those emotions did come up, I was able to find the safety within myself to just let them be there. And once you can allow yourself to see it, you can extract the data from those emotions. And I was able to see that, yes, there was something that I was doing wrong but it doesn't mean that I was wrong or that I was unlovable. It just means that I needed to fill in the blanks, learn some new skills and re-strategize for when I go back out into the dating world. So my strategy being not only an anxious person, always calculating what could go wrong, but I'm also kind of like an organization freak and I love spreadsheets. So Mm -hmm. when COVID started to like, you know, lift up and we were allowed to go back out in restaurants outside and all that. I went back out on the apps and I would go out on a date and come home and print out my little spreadsheet and ask myself a series of questions to make sure that I wasn't going to do the old things, the things that were really keeping me stuck, these default behavioral choices or you know, like almost like when you get triggered, you just want to do something on instinct that's not helpful. I was trying to catch those before they came up (laughs) and it worked so well. Huh? So you put them all in the spreadsheet. That's what you're saying. Yeah. I, well, 
yeah, I just kind of like took some time after the date to, to be like, what am I feeling? What typically would I want to do? You know, most likely I'd like come home from a date and be like, I want to text them right away and tell them that I had a good time. And I start fantasizing about how perfect our life is going to be when what I really need to do is just kind of detach, take a breath, come back into my body and like, um, stop hyper-focusing so much. Cause I think that obsession was what really led me down some bad paths. It took me away from my logical reasoning. Right. Right. And I feel like that's so relatable too. Cause I feel like a lot of, a lot of people go through that. It's like, you get so excited. Cause it's like, you're going on a date and it's so exciting. You're meeting someone new and it's, it really can be like super intoxicating. Just like the high almost of like, meeting someone and getting to know them and asking them whatever the fuck you want I mean my dates I literally was unhinged I didn't give a shit like if they don't like me for me then whatever I don't care like I literally would talk about anything anything and everything like it's all on the table and I'm like if they don't like me then whatever like that's that's on them and I'm gonna just do my thing but I actually really like that idea of kind of being able to you know be like you know what I'm going to write things that I know I do and like kind of break it down because I think using our emotions to our advantage can be super, super beneficial. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You mentioned that it feels intoxicating. Well, chemically in your brain, shit's happening. Like dopamine, serotonin, noradrenaline, they're all getting released. And it's like literally kind of when you're with them, you feel like you're on a high. And then when you leave them, all those chemicals crash and you're like, oh my God, I need my next fix. And then suddenly your whole world revolves around planning your next date with these people and your normal routines fall away. Maybe your hobbies start to feel less interesting and it could lead you down a path of really losing yourself. Not what you need if you want to make a really solid decision about who's going to be good for you long-term. Right, right. Yeah, that it's like I said, it's so relatable. And I think so many people go through this and normalizing it, I think is exactly what we're doing right now. But I think it's just people will probably, I hope, listen to this and be like, oh my gosh, I do that too. And like thinking about how they're feeling and, and kind of breaking down just all the, all the components. Cause it's, it, it's hard. Dating is hard. Just like overall, like I was on dating apps for years before I met my fiance and just like day after day, it can be very exhausting. I mean, I could go off on a whole tangent on that, but um, I'll spare my listeners, (laughs) but it's hard. It's really, it can be really hard, but I think, yeah, I just, I like your idea of just kind of being able to like break down all of the the different things. Um, So mindful dating, let's get into it because I think it's just, I think people will recognize like, oh, wow, like I can really utilize this in my my life every day and and just like in different parts of our life too. So let's break it down. And can you share what is mindful dating if someone is not really aware of what that is? Sure. I think a lot of times people hear the word mindfulness or mindful and they think of two things. One, like how people just say it in in passing language, like, oh, be mindful of my doctor's appointment at 10 a.m. or whatever. Or they think it's like something closer to meditation. You know, there's these two overly 
normal, like the thing that they're used to hearing all the time and it means nothing, or this really uh, nebulous term that only people that are Buddhists use. I don't know what they think, but there's this middle ground in the center. That's where I'm going to clarify. It's basically a little bit of both. I'm going to simplify it to say it's awareness without judgment. So yeah, you are noticing things, but you're not going to try to change them or say that they're right or wrong. You're not going to try to make them change. You're really just getting honest with what's happening both outside of you and inside. So for me, I think like, it almost means acceptance too. So I think that I was like a really stressed out person several years ago. And I would like get one of those diffusers for my desk at work, you know, the kind that you put essential oils in. Mm -hmm. And I got like this one that was called acceptance. You know, it said the word acceptance on the oil. And I was like, great, I'll just put that oil into this diffuser and I'll just like breathe in acceptance for all my stress, thinking that it was something outside of me that needed to change. But truly what the the secret to finding inner peace is allowing all of that stress to be inside of you and not affecting you. Like you're just, you're, no, you're not noticing it. You're breaking the control that it has over your stress. So when you think about dating, this makes a huge difference. Because if you show up on a date and you're all stressing out, that, oh, what if this outfit's not sexy enough? Or what happens if this person doesn't laugh at my jokes? Are they going to call me? Maybe they don't love me or they don't like me because of the same reason that my ex didn't like me. Or, you know, it, you start going down all these paths that is really just, in some cases, your anxiety. It could be your fear. It could be the way that your childhood has carried with you as an adult. Lots of different influences that can cloud your judgment of picking somebody that's going to be good for you. So what mindfulness does is it chooses to see all these things as clearly as possible. I mean, it's hard because so many things are happening at super speed and saying that none of them are bad or wrong. They're part of you and it's okay for you to exist on all these different levels. I mean, all humans have the same range of, of emotions at some point in your life. So that's really the the important key to mindful dating is just learning to be an observer of what's going on inside you while you're dating, taking the time to try to understand it, journal about it, and allow it. And once you have all that information, you'll be able to make a better choice. Yeah, and it's it sounds like it's simple. Like, I feel like you probably... I mean, I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, but you probably have to like practice it a little bit to kind of get used to being in that mindset. Because I think naturally, I mean, I am, I've always been an overthinker. Unfortunately, I, my mind is always going a mile, like a million miles a minute. And, you know, something that I do practice is I do practice meditation. I really, I love to, um, you know, try to keep myself as grounded as I can. And sometimes, you know, we go off on, you know, our little mind crazy, my our, my mind is always racing. I mean, I feel like everyone's is at some point in their life, but I think that when 
we do like when we are aware of what we're thinking and what when we're aware of like having that acceptance and kind of being present in the moment I find I mean I feel like it must be like similar to meditation when you kind of have to like you kind of have to practice it a little bit right for sure and that's why I needed the spreadsheet (laughs) because I knew what I was doing wrong right I knew that I was afraid of abandonment and that I would act out instead of communicating. I knew that if I felt something off in my body, I would wait too long to talk about it. I knew that I sucked at setting boundaries. Like, you know, lots of things that if I didn't check in regularly, I would be so tempted to just go on default. So the spreadsheet turned into this book. So basically I made this book. So you go out on a date, you come home from the date, you ask yourself a series of 10 questions, and that's where you build the habit. And when you can do it after the date, that's okay. Because eventually, yes, you'll be able to do it on the date and did take me a while. And even still, like you, you know, you get triggered and you're going to instinctively do kind of what makes you feel safe and that's okay. But I find that I notice and I recover faster if those things trigger me. And I'm able to move forward in a way that is going to have less um, unwanted consequences. That's that's gold right there. I feel like it's just, it's being present. And I think sometimes people struggle with like, because they're nervous going on a first date or, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, like they're kind of getting in their head. Do you have any, you know, quick tips on like how to, maybe decrease the nervousness when going on a first date. Yeah, sure. The the first one, you're probably going to be rolling your eyes when I say it, but take a deep breath. You know, if you're if you're nervous before even getting out of your car to go into the bar or wherever it is you're going, just take a few deep breaths. Imagine some roots coming out of your feet and just pulling you right down into the earth. Maybe mm-hmm. even say a couple of calming affirmations like you're going to be okay. This is, this is what, you know, whatever works out is going to be for your highest good, things like that. When you're actually on the date, maybe you notice that you're starting to breathe shallow. You're starting to feel really overwhelmed. Your thoughts are racing. A really cool tip is um, hopefully you have some ice water with you on the table. Just put both hands like, you know, you could do this casually so that your date doesn't think you're crazy or anything. Just put two hands on the ice water. And that will kind of give your nervous system like a little mini reset. Now it's not going to last forever. If you have like persistent anxiety, you might want to just be like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to go take a quick break and go to the bathroom and do your breathing again. There's also mm-hmm. EFT tapping. I don't know if anybody has heard of this, but uh, it's like a way to tap on some pressure points. And that can also help your nervous system to reset and calm you down, get you out of fight or flight and into what's called the parasympathetic or the rest and digest and come back and try again. Chances are that anxiety is going to keep coming up, but the more you notice it, you can choose to release it. Whereas if you didn't have the, if you weren't looking for it, if you didn't show up with that mindful awareness, you might just be anxious the whole time. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I find that those are, love those tips, by the way, and the ice water thing, genius. Because mm-hmm. it, it's so true. Even like if you put some like on your face a little bit too, like I know some people do that's like wake up and whatever. I mean, the ice. Um, yeah, it just snaps you out of it for a second. Right. Like the ice baths are now a thing. I mean, whatever. That's a whole different thing. But 
I love that putting like putting your some of your skin even in ice on ice whatever to really just be able to yeah diffuse it and kind of make yourself like your nervous system be like okay we're fine we're good and also affirmations I think are so so important I personally love affirmations I say them out loud I think they're so helpful and also like when you're going into a first date yeah you might have some nerves but I always tell some of my girlfriends that are single I always say to them if no matter what happens if you like the person great right maybe you'll have a second date if you don't like them and it's not your vibe you never have to see that person again and then you have a story to tell like Mm -hmm. the worst thing that's going to happen is that you're like oh shit I I'm really not vibing with this person and that's okay. And a good thing would be, Hey, maybe we'll go on a second date, but it's like, and I know there's a lot more in between, but I find that like, if you can calm those nerves a little bit and just say, I'm just going out with a friend, right. You're just getting to know someone. And I, I mean, I have like a completely different perspective on it, but I understand when people are like so nervous, they're like, Oh my God, I can't even eat right now because I am so nervous, but just try to like, take it down a notch and just think I am just going to go hang out with someone right now and get to know them and we can talk about whatever we want right because it's like it's an open forum you can ask them about their life where have you traveled blah 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 it's like just taking it down a notch and and really being able to be present in the moment take those deep breaths so I absolutely love that um how do you think like being mindful in the dating world like can benefit someone sure well I love what you just said actually about how when you go out with someone even if they're not like lighting your panties on fire it's still an opportunity to enjoy another human's presence but it's also your opportunity to gather data on what it is you are really looking for and what is it about this person that's not doing it for you It's interesting because when we are like, I feel like when we're not so aware, we're just kind of focusing on a handful of things like, oh, I want to make sure that I'm safe, or maybe you're thinking about your anxieties or whatever those thoughts are that are that you're overthinking on, they're not leaving space for much else. So when you can be mindfully aware on a date, you're trying to notice as many things as you can as they are without changing them. Essentially, what you're doing is opening up your field of view and you're able to see more information. So much so that that's why journaling after a date is so important because you're just, you're like a sponge sucking it all in. Like, okay, you know, maybe your girlfriend calls you up and they're like, oh, how was your date? And you're like, oh, it was fun. Okay. Well, was it really fun? (laughs) What does fun mean to you? When you go out on a date with somebody that like you totally are feeling, you might, you might think that fun means an entirely different thing with that person. So it's really like, it's like, sorry, this comes back to me being such like an organizational reasoning, logical freak. It's really just an opportunity to gather more data. So any date is always a success as long as you're making time afterwards to really get the most out of it. Yeah. I loved when you said to journal after a date because so I went on 21st dates in 2019 and I wrote all of them down like in my notes on my phone just like 
stuff about them did I vibe with them things we talked about anything crazy or weird or whatever that they talked about or whatever or something that happened and so that's how I started the podcast so it's so funny that you just said journaling after your date because also <laughs> to, to kind of piggyback off that a little bit um I what was I just gonna say um hold on it will come back to me I just completely forgot my train of thought um hold on wow this doesn't happen to me very often um I think I lost it but journaling maybe it will come back to me eventually but anyways journaling oh okay I just remembered so when you go in it you come off the date, I, like you were just saying, you you're, you talk to your girlfriend on the phone, whatever you do after your date. Sometimes days later, I will remember something from the date because, you, right, you're like, you're serotonin and blah, blah, blah. It's so, there's so much going on and you're, you're meeting this new person. You're telling them about you, blah, blah, blah. I find that sometimes like days later, I will be like, oh my God, I completely forgot that he brought this up. Like, oh my God, I need to tell my girlfriend this. But like, writing it all down and then you can like remember new things and write them down too because I find I love your idea of just like being able to gather the data because it's true it's 100% Mm -hmm. true you actually that also just reminded me of something else my friend um she is like a mindfulness person meditation she's very very amazing um she always said to make a clock, right? So you, you're dating people and you kind of write things about them. So it's kind of similar in your, your um, realm of journaling, but you do a clock and you say, okay, I went out with this person. They were great, but I'm just giving silly examples. They live with their mom, not really feeling that. Then the next person is, okay, we went out, had a really, really good time, but they drank a ton and I'm really not into that. So you kind of write like all these things. So then you have your clock and then you say, okay, well, I want to go out with that person again because they could have been a really great person for me. And then I'm going to go out with that person, going to give them a second shot because maybe, maybe something will happen. So it's kind of like you're almost like limiting the 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 choices down so it's like really similar to what you're saying and I just totally remembered that and it's it's important and I think if you're really serious about dating like this is things that you should you should try out <laughs> yeah it's basically you're defining your standards and what you will or will not tolerate what you will or are what you are or are not worthy of yeah and I think every single person should be thinking about that because we all deserve to have a healthy fulfilling relationship totally yeah I love this I love this so much um and then I know you I mean it seems like you've really had so much like self-discovery and personal growth through like learning so much writing a book I mean that's so amazing um how can mindfulness like contribute to self-discovery and personal growth like in our dating world sure so that guy that I broke up with well, mm. technically he broke up with me, uh, that right before COVID, when I first started dating again, I decided to try something new. I finally allowed a part of me that I had been suppressing for my whole life up until this point. I was 33 years old at the time. I finally decided to admit that I wanted to date women. And mm-hmm. so I did it and it was scary. It was something that had been on my mind for years. I mean, obviously my whole life it's been there, but I ended up going out with this girl 
everything just kind of like went so fast. Like it was the most dangerous honeymoon phase I've ever been in, but at the same time, the most fun. (laughs) Um, But I really savored that lesson learning experience because it helped me to now show up here with you guys and say, okay, this is what you have to look out for in the honeymoon phase. But basically Mm -hmm. I'm getting off on a tangent to answer your question of really mindfulness helped me to find my true authentic self to uncover what it is I really wanted. Because if I didn't admit that truth to myself, I would have continued to probably date men. And I honestly do not enjoy sex with men. Now I'm now I know what good sex feels like. I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) So I would have just been living a life that would have just been like, meh. And what's the point? We're here to live, you know? So I wonder if any of you listening, if you really dug in even deeper than you ever have before, what other desires can you fill? What other mm-hmm. curiosities have you been pushing away because you're afraid of what people think or you're afraid that it's going to mean something? Well, if it is going to make you happy, it's worth investigating. Yes. I love that so much. And I think Yeah, like, I think a lot of people are afraid of judgment and this and that, but it's like, at the end of the day, you have to think about it. Who is going to be there if there's no one else on the world, in the world, and you're the only person? At the end of the day, you're the only person, like, you have yourself the whole, your whole life, and you have to do what's best for you. I know that that's really cliche, but it's so true, and it's like, when you said, like, defining defining what's right for you and being authentically yourself like you said that you were kind of like pushing those feelings down but then when you kind of opened up that door you were like oh okay like this is this is different and this is probably like something that I was curious about for a while but you did it and now you're like holy shit this is like a whole new world I assume like and just being able to to really be curious about things like that and 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 even that's something with dating, right? And like, or maybe it's someone that you meet that you're like, oh, maybe I wouldn't normally date someone, whatever the case may be. And you kind of get curious, like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of an example. Like maybe it's like a profession, like, oh, I would never think to date an athlete, but holy shit, like this could be really interesting or like, I don't know, something, whatever. I think. Yeah. It all goes back to the non-judgment piece of mindfulness. That's so healing. That was what allowed me to admit those things to myself because I was like, I'm done picking on me. I just want to be nice to myself for a change. You know, like if somebody else was going through bisexuality, curious things, and they were my friend, I would have been like, girl, go for it. Why, you know, why was I not able to say that to myself? Well, for a lot of reasons, I I didn't want to face those feelings of shame and worry about how my relationships with other people would change. But yeah, you're right. At the end of the day, the most important relationship that we have is the one with ourselves. I'm the only one that knows what's going to make me happy. But if I don't take the time to learn what it is, not going to be happy. Right, right. It's, yeah, it's, it's very transformational. I find that like, when you step into new things and try new things and you know our brains are just like just crazily wired and we're just like going 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 and then it's like you stop and think for a second and you're like holy shit like what do I want what's gonna make me happy like if I'm curious about something like 
just go for it. And I think that's really with anything. Like I really want to, I'm actually in the process of writing a book right now. And I never, if you would have told me a year ago that I would be writing a book, I would have said, ha ha Janae, like you're funny. Like I would have just never thought to myself, like I would be writing a book. And it's like, if you're curious about something, just the worst thing that could happen is, oh, maybe that's not for me. But that's like what you were saying earlier of like finding out what you truly want and breaking down like the walls and your boundaries and just being like, okay, like, you know, maybe this is right for me or oh, maybe that's not right for me and and getting that data. So, wow, mm-hmm. I freaking love this so much. Um, okay, let's get into mindfulness in the bedroom because I think this is something that can be so overlooked I think we always rush during foreplay during just like the whole experience and I've actually talked with this um about talked with this topic a little bit with an intimacy and sex coach recently and she was saying how like being fully present and like really slowing down the whole process because like I said, we always try to speed things up and okay, well, we have to do this, 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 and then we're going to come and then we're done. But it's like, it needs to be slowed down sometimes. So let's kind of get into how we can bring mindfulness into the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely agree that the slowing down part is is really important. But I also think that this goes back to a lot for me, at least as an anxious person, it helps me to get out of my thoughts and get into my body. So, you know, when you think about meditation, a lot of times people, um, if you've been to yoga too, it's like, they say, focus on your breath. And that's a technique to, it's like an anchoring tool to help you stay in the present moment. Because if you're focusing on your breath right now, you're focusing on the body sensations right now in that moment, you're going to be less likely to be thinking about something else. The thoughts might come up, but you're probably most likely not having the thought and noticing your breathing. So then you come back to the breath. So that's traditionally how meditation works, right? This breath, this breath anchor meditation, we're doing the same thing with mindful sex, but we're using sensation as the anchor. That's Mm -hmm. what helps you stay present. So you can imagine, you know, maybe you're He's, he or she is taken off your top and you're like, oh my God, this is my ugliest bra. Why did I wear this bra? You know, and your brain starts going like what you can do instead is notice the sensation of her touching your shoulder. Just come back to that moment. And that helps you to, to break that with practice. You'll hopefully have less and less anxious thoughts. They're probably still going to come up and you can just enjoy more. I mean, there's so many beautiful nuances of that entire process from start to finish that you can savor and yeah it it changes the why I think too when you can be more mindful about it right right I love that yeah and focusing on our senses because right it's like yeah when you were saying like okay taking the bra off and then you're like oh shit like I don't like this bra but then focusing on okay well how is my body feeling right now? I'm being lightly touched on my leg. Oh my gosh, that feels so nice. I can see X, Y, Z. Like you can, my therapist always says like, use your five senses. Think of, you know, four things you, or no, not taste. Five things you can see, four things you can hear, three things that you can touch. And really 
focus in on those and really being able to say, okay, well, I am, I am making out with this person and I can feel their hair and I can feel the tingle, like the, the goosebumps on their back and just like really being able to focus on that. Cause I find that if you can really focus on the sensations, the, the, the overthinking and like, oh my gosh, the running mind. Cause, cause I think a lot of the times too, we, we're doing so much. And sometimes I think people, people struggle with making time for sex, right? Specifically, that's a very hard thing for some folks, some folks who have crazy jobs or they have kids and their, their time is limited. So when you do get that time, you might be like, oh my gosh, but I could be doing so many other things, but kind of breaking that wall and saying, no, you know what? I am going to be in the moment. So focusing on those sensations and your senses can be so just so good and I think another thing um is really just not like how we were talking about earlier not being judgmental in the moment just like I'm not wearing my favorite bra but Janae just let it go (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. I love it for sure um being fully present you know opening up with your partner connecting with your partner I think you know intimacy is such a solid important part of a relationship and I guess really even even if fuck buddies let's talk about that let's just be all inclusive here um I think it's just so important to feel that connection and be into it and be communicative and honest right and and I think that when we can be so present in the moment it makes everything else heightened too right Mm -hmm. Yeah, that and coming back to what you were just saying before, when we're letting go of of judgments, and we're just allowing things to be as they are, that creates safety, that creates opportunities for us to both feel vulnerable enough to really connect. And I think that, you know, sex in some ways, is the most vulnerable thing that you can do. So it can be really scary and could trigger a lot of those anxious thoughts. So that's the perfect place to apply mindful acceptance. Mm. And I also want to like throw this out there for people too, that even if you're not having sex with someone else right now and you want to start practicing mindful sex, do it solo. You're going to learn so much about yourself when you can give yourself that kind of loving touch without shame. Mm. You know, like what is it that you, what's some kink that you've always wanted to try? And you're like, oh, I'll do that with my next partner. No, buy the toy, do it on yourself. Or what is some um, type of touch or vibration or smell, or maybe you want to try, I don't know, whatever it is that's deep Mm -hmm. inside you, dig it out and nurture it. It's you and it deserves to have its needs met. I love that so much. I think, yeah, when we can pleasure ourselves and really not be judgmental, like, I feel like, yeah, I think a good starting point too, like what you were just saying is you've always thought about doing whatever it may be. And you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm nervous to share it with a partner. And I've talked about this a lot on my podcast with kind of how to, you know, break, break that barrier with, talking to your partner about kinks or fetishes or what have you and how to do that. But also I think 
it's something that, yeah, you can try out with yourself first to even see if you're into it, right? Because I think sometimes we are like, oh, maybe we'll like that. And then we're like, oh, shit, we tried it. We're like, nope, not for me. Or you're like, holy fuck, I really like this. So I think it's fun to, too, like, explore, like, with yourself and, like, do something different. Do it in a different spot in your house. Like, do it in a different position. Like, there's just so many things that I think you can try out with yourself first. So I love I love that tip so much and really just being being open and honest with yourself too because I think sometimes we're like we almost judge ourselves like why do I want to do that and you like question like well why do I want to try that and like well like you question yourself and then it's like no be mindful say okay you know what I'm curious about this I want to know more about it and do your research if you're kind of like hesitant on something like learn more about it because I find that when you learn and this is also for partner too when you learn more about something and you can talk that through with yourself or with your partner it makes you feel more confident like doing it or saying it or whatever the case may be it it makes you feel more like I know this okay like I know how to do it I know what not to do perhaps and it just kind of makes you feel more comfortable with it yeah, for sure. You're you're essentially gathering that information. You're learning your own pleasure. So mm. you, when you're by yourself, chances are, well, I would hope that you're taking your time, that you're mm-hmm. going to not rush to the O. You're just like, I love how this feels. I'm going to go into the curiosity, try my new toys, whatever it is, and and treat it like it is its own meditation. You are literally meditating on pleasure. So just be there. Focus on the sensations. If the thoughts come up, just practice coming back to how good it feels. In mm-hmm. time, after you're practicing on yourself for a while, you're going to be able to say, oh, I really like it when I did that thing. I got to tell so-and-so. And I'm sure your partner will love the opportunity to meet your needs in that way. Yes. If he's willing or she or she is willing to do it. Another yeah. thing that I wanted to bring up too, um, when I first had sex in high school, it was with a guy and uh, not, not great. Like, not like, you know, that was bad or anything, but it didn't really do anything neutral, I would suppose. And yeah. I guess this was when I was like 18 years old and I had several sexual partners after that. I did not have my first orgasm until I was 21. Could be probably because I'm a lesbian. But <laughs> I think that there's something also very interesting connected here because in those first years of my life, I was or of my sexual life, I suppose, I wasn't allowing myself to feel the pleasure. So finally, when I was 21, having sex with a guy, I was kind of looking at it as more of like a masturbation in a way, because I was like, okay, I can be here in this moment and still appreciate that it feels good, even though, you know, it's not all the amazing things that I get when I'm with a woman. But it, the reason I'm bringing it up is because there could be parts of you listening that might not be fully letting your sexuality out. Maybe you're holding back. Maybe you're afraid to feel how good it feels. And when you're by yourself, no one cares. Like literally no one is judging you when you are by yourself. It's only you. So when you can learn to let that judgy inner critic watch you enjoy pleasure, just kind of give them like a a middle finger, it gets a lot easier. And then when you go with your partnered sex, you're going to experience that pleasure there too. And whew. I hope you have like the best orgasms of your life. 
Yeah, love that. <laughs> I love that so much. It just, yeah. And being vulnerable too with yourself is is another factor in this too, because it's like, I'm curious about something. I'm going to do some research on it, perhaps. I'm going to look it up, whatever. And I find that like being vulnerable with someone else is obviously very, it can be scary at times, but I think when you're vulnerable with yourself, it's almost like after maybe you do something new and you're like, oh my God, I was so nervous to do that. And then you do it and you're like, oh shit, like I just learned something new about myself. And now I can use that with my partner or, or maybe you don't use it with your partner. You're like, this is my own special time with myself that I can just do whatever the fuck I want. So I find that like the vulnerability part of it too can be like really, really like just personal growth for yourself and really having that discovery with yourself. So I think that that's like a really such a good factor in the whole situation too. Hell yeah. I mean, you're basically giving yourself permission to get what you want. You were saying, I am worthy of feeling good. And that can and probably will ripple out into every other part of your life. I love it so much. Genius. Genius. Is there anything else that we needed to talk about with mindfulness before we get into our game? Um, no. Uh, I mean, the only other thing that I can think about is like noticing sensations in your daily life too. Like not just sex. Like when you can build mindful awareness of how much sensation and opportunities for feeling good there are in your day that can really help to build that mindfulness muscle and like you know it could be just the way that the strawberry like bursts on your tongue or the feeling of like the soap lathering in between your fingers before it hits the warm water like just learn to really savor all of the beauty in life in that physical form and then when sex comes, I think it'll be easier for you to linger in the moment and enjoy instead of just thinking that the only thing that really is worth feeling is the end in the end orgasm. Right, right. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Enjoy life and just be present in the moment. Yeah. Sensation. That's a really good tip. I love that so much. Um. All right. You ready for our game? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. All right. So it's called this or that. Super, super easy. Uh, the first one is, are you an early riser or night owl? Early riser. Early riser. Curly fries or waffle fries? Waffle fries. <laughs> I love, I love how you're like, duh, waffle fries. Love it. Um, Especially if they're like loaded up with cheese and bacon. Mm, chef's kiss. So good. So good. Um. Do you prefer to dine in or take out food? I guess take out must be the introvert. That's fair. Um, the beach or the swimming pool? The beach. I didn't even need to hear the second option. <laughs> um, an activity date or a dinner or drink date? Activity. Activity. Would you rather create a new day of the week or create a new holiday? If we don't have to work on the new date I create, I will take that. Yes, that's exactly what I said. I'm like, we need a three-day weekend, like every single weekend. Two days is just not ever enough because it's like this, boom, and it's mm -hmm. done. 
That's what she said. Ha 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 ha. Um, I'm so cheesy. <laughs> Would you rather have eyes that film everything or ears that record everything? Eyes that film everything. Love it. Do you prefer traveling somewhere new or traveling somewhere familiar? New. New. This one is interesting. Would you rather have a new shirt in your closet every day or have a new pair of shoes in your closet once a week? I'm going to break the rules and I don't want either of those things. <laughs> Unless my least favorite item gets deleted when the new thing comes in. Because oh, I just like don't like a lot of stuff. I'm not like a big wardrobe person. I, I'm mm -hmm. almost like SpongeBob. Like I know what I like. So I just keep buying the same thing. Like like the four That's of the same true. kind of pants. So yeah. I feel like I would get overwhelmed if I was like, no, not another pair of right, shoes. You're like, <laughs> That's so funny. I love it. I mean, yeah, I wish I wish that I could be like that, but I have I have so much stuff. It's, it's it's literally insane. I'm like, I I'm I've been slowly purging though, which just felt really good. Um would you rather explore the sea or explore space? Space. Space. Yeah, there's gotta be aliens out there. I'll find them. Yes, love it. Uh would you prefer flowers or potted plants? normally I would say potted plants but I've killed mine recently so I'm going to be safe and go with flowers <laughs> it's really weird though I've also killed a lot of plants lately and I'm like today they're succulents you never have to feed them and you still fucked up you know succulents are the hardest though they're just they're there's so a mean. fine line yeah <laughs> um and then the last one is sunrise or sunset sunset Set. love it well this was a freaking blast thank you so much for coming on the podcast today uh please let everyone know where they can find you sure thank you so much for having me i had a great time too i would invite you all to check me out on my podcast date and peace i talk all about mindful dating and if you're a hundred percent not sure if well wait let me say that again and if you're not 100% sure that you're straight, it's going to be great for you. We do a lot of exploration about sexuality and what it is we really need to find a sexually fulfilling partner. Love that so much. Thank you so much being on the podcast. For everyone listening, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I definitely learned some things about mindfulness and I hope you did too. So let me know if you use mindfulness in your everyday life after listening to this or in the bedroom, because I would love to hear the story. You know where to find me at My Naked Mindset, all of your social media. Definitely feel free to go on my website and check out my adult sexual products. I have some good shit in there, so do some shopping, treat yourself, treat your partner. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Come back next week for another episode of My Naked Mindset. Okay, love you all. Bye.